EO Fire 1306. The only difference between course creators that succeed and course creators that don't. Hey, Fire Nation, and welcome to EO Fire, where I chat with inspiring entrepreneurs seven days a week. If you're ready to create, grow, and monetize your podcast, text podcast course, all one word, to 33444 and ignite. Boom, shake the room, Fire Nation, JLD here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Encore Nagpal. Encore, are you prepared to ignite? I've never been so ready, man. Let's do this. Encore is the founder of Teachable, a tool used by over 5,000 entrepreneurs to build and sell beautiful courses to their audience. Encore, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse in your personal life. Yeah, absolutely, man. So I've never held a job in my life. This show definitely resonates with me very well. Um, I was bit by the entrepreneurial bug back when I was in my sophomore year of college, right before the the summer between my freshman and sophomore year. Started by building Facebook applications, built that business out, um, spent a few years kind of figuring out what I want to do next, which led me to Teachable, which has been a labor of love for the last two years, where we've empowered over 5,000 people to teach a million students, create and sell online courses, and yeah, that's that's what that's what's got me really excited right now. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest, at least to my audience, names that you've uh, lassoed is Pat Flynn, who uses yep. your course and he loves it and raves about it. Now, yep. let's talk encore about mm-hmm. revenue. Now, today, if you're an entrepreneur, viable businesses make money, and you've done a lot of things in the past that have generated revenue. But today, here in 2016, what are the ways that you generate revenue as an entrepreneur, as a business owner? So the biggest source we have of revenue is people paying us a monthly subscription. So to give you specifics, and I'm happy to be specific, last month we made about $200,000 in revenue, of which about 135000 was made from people paying us directly. The other 65000 came through transaction fees, credit card fees, and you know the odd training course we got an affiliate commission from. That's gross revenue, I'm assuming. Yep. Now, what net revenue do you keep from that? What is Encore putting in his Sorry, I should be clear. That? that is the revenue we make. That does not include our expenses. So I'm not talking about core sales. We process you know, millions of dollars in core sales. As teachable, we make 200000 So you know, we spend about 250000 to 300000 We're burning a little bit in 1500 a month, but that is net revenue. That's net revenue. So what does your team look like? Like, How many people do you have in your team? Are you paying them independent contractors? Are they salary employees? So we have 17 full-time employees. We're fortunate enough to be venture-backed, so we've raised you know, a few million dollars. So cash has not been a concern so far. So we're 17 full-time employees, growing by about one to two people a month. And so what are you taking as the founder for a monthly salary? So I just gave myself a raise. I was making $75,000 for the first you know, year and a half. I just bumped myself up to one hundred five. It feels pretty good to be able to give yourself a raise, doesn't it? Yeah, feels, it's weird. I had to approve my own raise. <laughs> my CPA is like, all right, JLD, 2016, you know, <laughs> you were making 12K a month. That was what yeah. we pull out of EO Fire for my quote-unquote salary. He's like, I think we got to bump it up to 13,000. I go, approved. Yep, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> so I, had to, I gave myself a raise, which was, which was good. But oh, um, yeah, we also have, you know, financing coming up. So along with that, the company's doing well enough that I figured now's the time. Are you the original founder of Teachable? Yes, sir. What percentage of the company do you still own? Um, a little over 50%. Okay. Now, is that an important number to you? Like, do you want to maintain over 50% or do you see at some time, some future rounds, you dipping below that? And if so, are you okay with that? 
if we have to, if like if you know we need the money, I I will I'm okay with that. But for the this round that we recently, you know, that we recently closed, we realized that it was close enough that it was important, right? Like if I'm around 49, yes, I will try and optimize to be over 50%, but if we need to raise 10 million dollars and it's just not possible, that's fine. You know, I do believe and trust our investors a lot. But if if I'm close enough to the fifty percent threshold, yes, it is a nice feeling to know that you have an absolute majority. No matter what happens, you are in control of your own destiny. So you just did a round of financing. What do they value your company at? They valued us at twenty seven million dollars pre money. So pre money, hypothetically, and again, this is pre money. This is quote unquote paper money. Yep. That's like on paper, like thirteen point five million. Where if if you were to to close it down or to cash out your portion of it, someone was to buy it from you, you're fifty plus ish percent. That'd be about thirteen point five million. Yep, but you know as well as I do what how, how paper money works. Right, it's there one day, it's gone the next, or it's quadrupled the next, depending yep. on how your business yep. goes. So, yep. it's, but uh, look, like to be to be completely fair, um, as I've I've made money in my past building Facebook applications, selling Facebook applications, I have I'm not concerned about money. So for me, you know, at least not concerned about money in the way that I would sell the company for $27 million. For us, this is going to either be something really big or we're going to run out of all, all our money trying. See, that's really interesting because I remember when the founder of Snapchat got approached by uh, Zuckerberg and I think he was offered, it's either I think it was $3 billion. It was, it was a yep. massive, ridiculous number. And he was just like, no. And, and they were just like, well, why would this guy do it? It's because <laughs> him being a billionaire like wasn't yep. his goal in life. Like He was passionate about Snapchat. And if any of you are like me, and you're passionate about Snapchat, and you just saw the recent update that they did, like you can see, like this guy loves what he's doing, and yep. he's committed to improving the platform, and he wants to be in control of that. So that's really cool, Encore. I love the direction that you're going in, and, and you worked hard to get there, so congrats on all of that. But let's shift now. I want to talk about what you consider your worst entrepreneurial moment to date. And you've had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but what's the worst? Take us to that moment in time. Tell us the story of your worst entrepreneurial moment. Yep. So the worst entrepreneurial moment, and this is, I mean, this is kind of personal, but I'm you know happy to talk about it because nice. this happened recently, but was coming to an understanding with my co-founder that it would be best for us not to work together anymore. Yeah, and this is, you know, and that's what it always comes down to, right? I mean, after that happened a month later, we recently let, let someone go. The worst entrepreneurial moments I find are always when, you know, people get involved, when you realize that you're not just, you're not just building this business. You can't think as an enterprise, but to think as a person. So with my, with my co-founder, Conrad, it just reached a point where, you know, he wanted a certain level of ownership and there are phenomenal things he could and will do in life, but it didn't, it didn't fit with the direction I wanted to build a company in. And this is a guy who's, you know, one of my closest friends yeah. in the world. Like I was at his bachelor party last year. Like literally one of, you know, one of my closest friends. Quick question, quick question. Yep. If he was to have a bachelor party this year, would you be at it? Absolutely. We're cool. still we're still very close friends, but you know, that took work. That took a lot of time and it's still it's still gut-wrenching because it like it cuts to your soul in a way that losing a big account or a big client or whatever does not matter the same degree. Um, so that has been my toughest moment in terms of what I've learned from it. There's really, I wish I had a tangible takeaway, but all I've learned from it is this stuff is hard. Like you will get hurt. <laughs> like, you know, there's nothing to really do, you know, talking to other entrepreneurs, talking to friends and reasoning it out and, you know, talking about these things openly helps, but I still don't have a tangible takeaway to prevent stuff like that from happening in the future. So when you launched Teachable, um, with Conrad, it was, you said? 
Conrad? Yep. So the way we launched was interesting. I built the first version of Teachable, okay. and he was the first customer. So it was almost like I built the software. He was the founding customer. Um, and it was only about you know seven or eight months later that he fully decided to join the company. But in, you know that still makes him a co-founder because companies have such a long lifetime, and he was the founding customer. And so when you brought him on, what percentage did Conrad get? Um, he got 7%. Okay, so what was his actual buyout when you bought him out? Um, we didn't buy him out. He still has an equity stake in the company, and you know we're, he's still an advisor. He still helps out, and hopefully you know, he'll get... He would when we do have an exit, he will you know see results. Got it. So now he's more kind of like what an investor would be. He's like exactly he owns exactly. a percentage. Except he invested his time, he invested sweat equity. Sweat equity, baby, Fire Nation. We all have the ability to invest sweat equity. That's for sure. Now, one thing I do want to note, and no need to agree or disagree on core, but I, I, I do believe in this: is that I I love all kinds of ships. Mm-hmm. except partnerships. That's just me, you know? And maybe it's because I've been a, yeah. you know, a host of a podcast now for over 1,300 yep. episodes, and so many worse moments are around a partnership that went wrong. And you know what? It just makes you realize, hey, it, sometimes it does take a team and, to, to build something, but man, just having that one captain of the ship can yep. be so important in so many ways. But shifting for you, Encore, to another story, what would you say is one of your greatest entrepreneurial moments? And you've had some great ones and you have tons awaiting you in the future, but what's a story that's going to make Fire Nation inspired of one of the greatest aha moments you've had? I think this is kind of where I trace my entrepreneurial journey to starting. And this happened when I was 19 years old. I was I was living in Seattle at the time. That's when Facebook released, you know, a Facebook platform. Yeah. I started messing around building applications. But the first kind of aha moment was when I got someone to buy an application of mine. I still remember the application. It was, if you watch The Office, Dwight Schrute was one of my favorite characters. And mm-hmm. I built an application that was just Dwight Schrute quotes. And someone paid me $1,000 to buy that application. What? Yeah, that's crazy, right? And that was the first time I was like, wow, you know, like there is something over here. <laughs> and it had such a profound effect that I spent the next four years of my life building, you know, over 10,000 Facebook applications and, you know, reaching 200 million people. And I've probably sold, you know, hundreds of applications after seeing the first, the first success, you know, the first, it's the first thousand dollar app. Like I still remember that so much more than, you know, applications we sold for a hundred thousand dollars later. I love that. And we're actually going through a office marathon right now like all 135 (laughs) episodes are on netflix so every night we watch either one or two episodes as we're kind of winding down from the day and that that those dwight Schrute quotes are pretty powerful one thing and kind of a side note and a segue did you listen to rain wilson who is you know the character of dwight Schrute? so dwight Schrute is rain wilson in real life him on tim ferris did you listen to that podcast I have not, though I, though I do know he has a video production company and we're trying to see if we can get him to do a course, but I oh, have cool. not heard the podcast episode. Well, listen to that when you get a chance. It's awesome. I mean, Rain Wilson is a brilliant guy on so many different levels. And I think he talks actually about the company that you're talking about. So you might have some more insider information from listening to that podcast to maybe come at it from a couple of different ways and uh, get him onto Teachable. Yes, sir. I absolutely will. Encore, what's your biggest weakness as an entrepreneur? So this was something that I'd never realized. I mean, it always has a weakness, but it never mattered as much as it does now. And it is being completely, completely disorganized. You know how there's people who have morning routines, (laughs) get certain things done. I am the antithesis. My life is a hot mess. And that's, that's something that's only, that's starting to hurt a little bit now. 
what are you doing to try to improve upon that? Because a lot of people have that struggle, but like, what are you finding that's helping you or nothing yet? So, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've been trying things. I tried for a while. I had a to-do list in Asana and that's kind of been untouched since like day <laughs> so, four. Not working. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, calendar reminder is not working. I think it's just the, like seeing the consequences, right? Like paying taxes three and a half years late Oops. and seeing the penalties from that. I like it's that kind of like learned experience. Yeah. And delegation wherever possible because now I'm trying to make it so that my disorganization can only hurt me and it doesn't hurt the company. So what I'm doing from a business perspective is having responsible people that are much better at you know being organized than me taking ownership of that so that the damage I do is only in my personal life. This might be something for you to try because it's not a huge time commitment but I know it was big for me and a lot of people who I've talked to who struggle with this and that's just a journal. For 10 minutes at the beginning of the day, just put your thoughts out. Just get it during that quiet time. And it just kind of sets you up because you, you kind of get all that crap out. So instead of just starting from the first minute in the reaction mode, just reacting, reacting, reacting to everything, which is, is what happens, by the way, when we check email first thing in the morning, yep. we go into reaction mode. Try going into the proactive mode, which is, hey, this is what my thoughts are for the day. These are the things maybe I'm struggling with. This is something that I'm thankful for. Like whatever works for you, but yep. get those 10 minutes to yourself. Is it a Nation. list? Is it just free form writing or whatever works? Well, you know, it's interesting. This is kind of maybe a little self-promotional, but hey, it's my show. I guess I can. But, you know, yep. I, I worked an, a year on the Freedom Journal and yep. it's, it's a journal that has a day and then it has a night. And the day you just sit down and it says, hey, like what is your number one focus today? And what are yep. two things you're going to do to get you closer to that focus? And then it goes on from there. But again, it's five minutes on the, on the left-hand side. And then the nighttime, it's just it's going back over. What did you do? Why didn't you get to that you know, the, why didn't you hit those two goals that you set for yourself? Like identify some of the things so you can slowly but surely just start to become the more efficient person you want. And we launched this back in January, became the sixth most funded uh, publishing campaign of all time on Kickstarter. You know, now we're on our own site. We're actually going to potentially be launching a course on Teachable soon on goal awesome. setting, which yep. you know, we're really excited about, which is going to kind of feed into that. So something like that. You know, there's another great journal called the Five Minute Journal, which I took inspiration from because I loved it, but I wanted more actionable. So that's yep. why I created this. So there's some some wins and some losses, but Encore, you told us your biggest weakness, things you struggle with. What's one of your biggest strengths? I think my biggest strength is being instinctive. And what that means is very often I make the wrong decision, but mm. one, I feel good about the decision and I do believe being decisive and making the wrong decision is sometimes better than you know waiting too long. Um, and just having the ability to not second guess stuff and for right and for wrong there are times I regret it but I think overall in life that has served me so well and it's something I'm now trying to empower the rest of the team to do as well like make this make more decisions even if you even if you get decisions wrong if you make decisions for me you're saving me so much time so I'm trying to see how much I can you know train other people to just make more decisions and I think that's something I've done pretty well through most of my life. Yeah, and it's one of those things that's really interesting because the older I get, the more I have to fight to maintain that. Because the older you get, the smarter you get right. in a way where you're like wise. You're like, okay, maybe I should consider all perspectives. But I'm trying to retain that kind of arrogance you have as a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old where you're just like, I'm just going to do what I want. So I'm trying to preserve that you know, and fight my natural instincts as I get older to like consider all possibilities. Okay, there's so many things that come up for me when I hear you say that. And I want to just focus on three very quickly. Number one, 
Fire Nation, you got to maximize your time, energy, and effort on things that you're good at so you can become great at those things because you want to amplify your greatness. Things that you're crappy at, stop spending time on those things to become okay at it because nobody wants okay. Hire people to do that crap. Number two, and you said this encore, this is actually what I consider one of my superhuman strengths, speed of implementation. I have an idea boom, next thing you know, it's out there. And guess what? Sometimes I'm like a bull in a china shop and I break a <laughs> lot of stuff. Yep. But you know what? That's okay because I'm fast. And there's a quote that I learned when I was an officer in the army. A good decision now is better than a great decision later because you might not be alive to make that decision on the battlefield, literally. Like that's literally when the bolts are flying, make a good decision now. Don't try to win the war. Be General Patton, you know, when your soldiers are getting shot at. So maybe take that to, you know, the ground level fire nation. Now, Encore, you have a lot of things, rightfully so, that you're excited about, but what's the one thing that you are most fired up about today? Honestly, it's it's like looking around the room and seeing the team I'm working with. I know it's super cliche, and I know everyone says that, but that's what 2015 was. And for me, this was specifically hard because when I started Teachable, I worked by myself in a silo for over six months. Mm. And that's what 2015 really was, was building the team of amazing people. And when you do, wow, it changes everything. And this is something that I learned myself because I was so late to hire people. I'd worked alone in every other business in my life. Now I'm just, everything is so much easier. Just having amazing people around me that are, you know, excited about the same things. It just has made everything so much better, so much easier. Okay, Teachable, you launched, the name was Fedora, am I correct? Yep. Now, when did you have the idea for Teachable and was the URL available when you had the idea? So honestly, we, so there's multiple reasons. One, we didn't really love the name Fedora. We weren't doing well on Google, but we also got legal pressure. So we knew we had to change the name. Mm-hmm. So one of the big mistakes I made, speaking of mistakes, guys, was I was like, hey, guys, let's have a company-wide meeting and oh, come up with goodness. names. That's a terrible Because everybody name. falls in love with their name. Everyone falls <laughs> in love with their name. And if you, do, if you think about how much you're paying every person in an hour of their time, <laughs> the cost of a meeting, and like, there's, nothing really, there's nothing really to be gained from the fourth person's opinion. Right. So then we had a new plan. We created a naming committee, three people from three different places. And at this point, I was just like, let's just pick a name. It's hurting me as to how much yeah. company time we spend wasting on this, wasted on this. And we had a short list of maybe three or four good domains we liked. Teachable.com was probably our favorite. They agreed to sell it for $25,000. And we did it. Um, yeah. you know, what were a couple other ones just randomly? GoTeach.com. Yeah. TeachIt.com. Um, the absolute worst one, and this is kind of, it's so bad now. At the time, we <laughs> right. thought it was great, was Teach with a Z, Zeech. Oh, Lord. Thankfully, we never did it, though we did pledge that if we ever get our, you know, whenever we get our office and <laughs> we can name our conference rooms, we're going to name one of the conference rooms Zeech. <laughs> Zeech Hall. I love yep. it. Yep. But you guys nailed it with Teachable. I mean, to me, there's not even a close second. And, yep. and kind of a side note, Fire Nation, a tool that you can use that I've used that's really pretty cool. It's called Scout Help. So like you're like a Boy Scout. So scouthelp.com. Like you can go there and just like 99 Designs, you can get like 100 designs for 300 bucks. You can really have people so you can say, hey, this is the company. I only want domains that are available or mm-hmm. you know, for sale for less than whatever dollar amount. And you, you just have hundreds and hundreds of people just spit gaming you know names for you and, and they're not people that you're paying you know company wages yep. to so uh, I, I had them help me out with a few names before and they're they're a really cool company but fire nation listen we got encore for a little little longer we're going to be uh, hitting up the lightning round as soon as we take a minute to thank our sponsors 
Your time is your most precious asset, and if there's one thing I don't stand for, it's getting stood up. Whether it's a call with a client or an interview via Skype, I know I can't afford to waste time, and I know you can't either. Let's be real. A no-show means you've just wasted time prepping, waiting, and most importantly, you've wasted time you'll never get back. Take control of your calendar today with Acuity Scheduling. Acuity gives you the tools to eliminate the back and forth of scheduling. With Acuity, all you've got to do is book Book them, bill them, and then blow them away with your on-point automatic text and email reminders. Let Acuity be the gatekeeper to your calendar. Visit acuityscheduling.com slash fire and get 45 days free. It's crazy that we moved everything we do for business over to the digital world except for our physical mail. Imagine all the time you'd save if you didn't have to check your mailbox every day. Great news, now that time can be all yours with Earth Class Mail. Earth Class Mail moves your snail mail to the cloud, giving you instant access 24-7. Plus, it integrates with the tools and services you use every day. You can search your mail, send invoices to your accounting software, deposit checks, and really just make running your business a whole lot easier. You also get a real professional address to share publicly with customers so you don't have to worry about giving out your home address anymore. Earth Class Mail has processed over 10 million pieces of mail. It's no wonder they're trusted by thousands of startups and small businesses. See for yourself. Visit earthclassmail.com slash fire. Enter promo code fire and get your first month of service free. That's earthclassmail.com slash fire. Promo code fire. Encore, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Yep, let's do this, man. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I've always been an entrepreneur. Like, I've never had a job in my life, so that's something I've done since day one. What is the best advice you've ever received? This came from Naval Ravikant, the founder of AngelList, before he founded AngelList, where the first time I met him, he told me, Encore, look, you can either... You can either start a local coffee shop or you can start Starbucks. You're going to work the same amount of time. You're going to likely be as stressed. So start Starbucks. What's a personal habit that contributes to your success? I have a very short memory in the way, you know, good athletes have a short memory. When you do something stupid, mm. you forget it and you're just ready to face the next pitch right there. Share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation. So if you're starting a company, a tool that I love right now is eShares. It's eSharesInc.com. It's just made our managing, our investors, our employees, everything absurdly easy. It shows everyone how much equity they have. Highly, highly recommended. If you could recommend just one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? High Output Management is a book I'm, I just read. And I'm, I really like it because we talk a lot about being a founder, being an entrepreneur, but there's not enough talked about being a good manager and just the commitment to what it takes to be a good manager starts to become so important when you're not just yourself and a company of more people. Fire Nation, I know you love audio, so I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook for free at eofirebook.com. Now, Encore, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. I say this, I'm sure you say this too, you briefly talked about this, but just having a bias towards action. And I say this because, you know, I work with so many aspiring entrepreneurs, so many aspiring course creators, and the only difference between course creators that succeed and course creators that don't are the ones that don't are obsessed with perfection. They spend all their time trying to get perfect audio. They spend all the time trying to make their slides too beautiful, spend all the time redoing their outline. They don't get stuff done. So just having a bias towards action, no matter what your pursuit is, setting a very, very specific date and working backwards to getting things done, 
do that in every aspect of your life, especially anything entrepreneurial, and you will, you know, you've just multiplied your chances of success. And the best way to connect with you? Uh, the best way to connect with me is probably on Twitter. I'm at twitter.com slash Nagpal. And Fire Nation, of course, teachable.com is a great place for you to go. Just check what they have going on there. Great entrepreneurs that you know and love like Pat Flynn are raving about the ease, the beauty, et cetera. And you know this. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with A-N and J-L-D today, so keep up the heat. <laughs> and head over to eofire.com. Just type in Encore into the search bar. That's A-N-K-U-R. And his show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today, everything. And of course, I want to thank you, Encore, for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Absolutely, man. It's been a blast. Fire Nation, your time is your most precious asset. Don't allow yourself to get stood up. It's time to stand up. Take control of your calendar today with Acuity Scheduling. Visit acuityscheduling.com slash fire and get 45 days free. Fire Nation, thank you for listening to EO Fire. Visit eofire.com for killer resources, free trainings, and so much more. Give the gift of freedom to your friend or loved one with The Freedom Journal, and they will accomplish their number one goal in 100 days. Visit thefreedomjournal.com and ignite.